question when you're thinking about credibility, is it based on title or is it based on perception? So we were given the definition of credibility to be the quality in which you can trust somebody. Well, let's talk about what it really is. It's the quality in which you know them, the quality in which you like them, and the quality in which you trust them. Credibility is more than just a one-time act. Credibility is more than just getting a client because people think you could do the job. Welcome to Coffee with Romina. This is your host, Romina Muhammadai, award-winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles, define your own success, and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the show begin. people and welcome back to coffee with Romina podcast I hope you guys are having a tremendous and a fabulous and a gorgeous and a glorious day it's a great day here on coffee with Romina podcast because guess what whoop, whoop, it is Tuesday and we have a brand new episode for you guys just like we promised on last week's episode today we are going to talk about credibility we're going to talk about how to become credible and not be dubious in your professional life or your personal life how to rebuild credibility if unfortunately because of unpredictable emotions or thoughts that might have been going through your head you lost the credibility that you have worked very hard for to build so we're going to teach you guys today how to rebuild their credibility we're actually going to also talk about the difference between being diplomatic and credible as well as for my love business owners out there they're looking to build their personal brand slowly we're going to talk about how to build a very credible brand and public presence for yourself so this way you would be able to lend on your ideal client down the road as well stick around we got a lot of, a lot of amazing information well I have to also tell you guys the name of today's guest Mitchell Levy Mitchell thank you so so much for being a part of coffee with Romina I very much enjoyed our conversation during this episode. And you guys, a little bit more information about Mitchell. If you have not connected with Mitchell on LinkedIn, do so. The links are on the show notes. So it is only one tap away for you guys. But Mitchell, as a matter of fact, is a two-time TEDx speaker. He's an international best-selling author of over 60 books. Yes, you heard me right, 60 books. <laughs> he is the creator of over 20 Silicon Valley businesses and a global credibility expert. While interviewing over 500 thoughtful leaders on credibility, what he discovered is some really shocking results and he has actually brought to life credibility nations. So this way he would be able to help others how to be a lot more credible. We do live in a digital day and age, you guys. We do get bombarded with people telling us on YouTube that they're gurus and X, Y, or Z. And then you hop on Instagram and people are telling you that they're experts in another field. And then on Facebook ads, like we have so many ads and so many promotions coming literally from every direction of the social media. So what we also talk with Mitchell is how you, the client, the consumer, would also be able to filtrate and connect yourself with the right person. So we're actually going to talk about the checklist that you can go through to make sure that you are talking to a credible business at the end of the day, right? We don't want to get scammed online. That's the last thing we want to do. Something else that I do want to remind you guys, 
is to go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast from to make sure that you do not miss any of our future episodes. A quick reminder, if you are listening from Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star review and a short comment. Tell us how amazing we are doing. You guys have really done an amazing job recently with giving us reviews. So thank you, thank you, super duper thank you to everyone who has done so. I do want to highlight two of our new subscribers, which have actually given us reviews as well on Apple Podcasts. Tyrell says, great podcast. Romina's voice is powerful and peaceful. Been listening all weekend and this podcast has a lot of light. If you need a great podcast, this is it. Super duper thank you, Tyrell. I don't know if my voice is very peaceful, especially after like three cups of coffee. It is coffee with Romina. But I am grateful that you find my voice very peaceful and you are able to definitely leverage all our episodes and learn from it. The second person that I want to give a super duper big thank you is Joanna. Coffee? Yes. Coffee with Romina? Double yes. Listening to her energy is already energizing enough. I love the topics she talks about and how down to earth she talks with her guests. It's like having a cup of coffee with a friend. Thank you so, so much, Joanna. That is exactly what we try to do here. That's why it's coffee with Romina. It's like having a virtual coffee with a friend, with an expert and professional that you definitely want to learn more from on how to overcome your career and personal obstacles. Because like we've said multiple times, those two are very intertwined and tangled together. I think I went through all my errands for the day, you guys, all my list of reminding you the little things that you need to do to make sure to always stay in touch with us. Therefore, I don't have anything else to say, but enjoy! Hey Mitchell, how are you doing today? Romina, I always so enjoy being in the same room with you. You're pretty cool. Thank you. Oh, guys, right there. Oh, he's already my favorite guest so far. <laughs> that's, today. Today. That's a, that's I'm her a, favorite guest today. <laughs> that's a really great way to butter up the host and be able to be like, yes, let's rock this. <laughs> now, I want to pass in the mic to you to tell the audience a little quick recap about how did you go and having the career that you have right now? Because it's something very special that you do and very concentrated. A quick recap of your career path. How did you end up here? My undergrad actually was in your neck of the woods. It was University of Miami. and then did an MBA in the College of William & Mary. And I've always been that, that person who's connected two different groups of people. So it was finance people to IT. It was uh, marketing and sales. I know that sounds strange, but two different groups where people would speak and they weren't, they weren't actually connecting. The last time I was at corporate, I left Sun Microsystems in 1997, was doing the dot-com days. I became that consultant that would go around to CEOs and VP of operations. Now, I'm going to say this and you you get to laugh. I actually was the, the person who was telling people, by the way, there's this new technology. It's going to let us talk directly to our clients. And by the way, it will allow your subcomponent manufacturers to ship your product directly to your clients. And, and Romina, I was actually walked out of the office of a couple companies. They're like, the internet's a fad. It's not going to happen. So I, I've been around there. I've ended up, I'm going to give a rattle off a bunch of things that I've done, and then we'll talk about what we're doing today. So I've sat on the board of a NASDAQ company for nine years. I've created 20 companies in Silicon Valley. I have run four different executive business programs at universities. I've run, during the dot-com days, four conferences focused on how businesses are using the internet. And as a book publisher, we have published over 750 books. 
All right. So let's put all that aside. Let's talk about the exciting part now. I love how he says, let's put that aside. Like, that's not a big deal. Like, I've done this, but that's okay. Like, nobody, <laughs> there's not oh. the average person that published 750 books, Mitchell. <laughs> oh, it, it's, you know, it's really interesting because it's the question when you're thinking about credibility and authority, yeah. is it based on title or is it based on perception? Is it, is it, how do you actually show up in the world? Is it, is it your character or other people's perception of your character, or does somebody just anoint you and say, Hey, you're the person. So in the past we were anointed, like in particular, the book publishers would anoint the authors and they'd say, this is the expert. This is the person that you need to trust. This mm -hmm. is the person who is credible. So buy their stuff. And that's how the publishers made money. Right. So what ended up happening is I did my first Ted talk in 2017, the end of 2017. And it got me thinking and it, it got me thinking in a different way. And what I realized is the people who I was publishing as part of my publishing company, I started that in 2005, people I was publishing, they weren't the audience that I really wanted to work with. So I changed my audience. So what we do now is for those busy, successful executives who want a book and have no time, we will ghostwrite, publish, distribute, make them an Amazon best-selling author, and we do this in four months. I mean, it is literally the easy turnaround. Button. Yeah. We also incorporate. We do this afterwards. They get to read their audiobooks. So they're on Audible, and we create a one-hour course. And so, within a year, you know, you've got books in hardcover and paperback. You're an Amazon best-selling author. You have an Audible version, and you've got a one-hour course. It's for those busy executives who are already being successful and they want more. Yeah. So when I started doing that, uh, 2018, I built a writing school for writers to come in. 2019, I I went to a friend of mine, also a guy in Miami. God, I keep going back. I'm on I'm on the other side of the country, but I also went to Miami. I went on a branding approach, branding exercise, and I came up with a brand, Global Credibility Expert. Okay. Two months later, I had a Napoleon Hill moment. And it was simply if Napoleon Hill interviewed 500 millionaires and keep up and wrote Think and Grow Rich, if Mitchell Levy interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility, I'd have a book. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was my thought. Let me tell you where I am now. I got so much more than a book. So we do have this. I finished the interview. It took me about a year to do the interviews. So I finished in August of 2020. Published this, International Bestseller. It's Credibility Nation, International Bestseller in five countries. But what really happened is I ended up with a life purpose. And so I'll tell you the life purpose, and then you could poke me on like, how did that come about? So here's my life purpose. When I was interviewing people, what I recognized is so many people are dubious mm -hmm. versus credible. Dubious is the opposite of credible. And they don't do it on purpose. It's just because that's what they were taught. And so my life purpose, I'm holding up a scale. On one side of the scale is dubious nation, which is really being dragged down. My life purpose is before I die, we will tip the scale between those that are credible and those that are dubious. And so I've got a membership community that started on April 1st. So it's it's brand new of 2021. And I did a TED talk that recently came out focused on credibility. And the title of the TED talk is we are losing our humanity, and I'm tired of sitting around and watching it. That's a very good title. Something that I want to ask you before we dive a little bit deeper. 
there is a lot going on, especially last year. If you've seen the news, we kind of went through a global pandemic. and <laughs> We did? <laughs> really? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking around. Dude. Really? <laughs> but why is it important to be credible in order for you to be successful long term? Because, I mean, you can build credibility for a month or two. And if you have a small business, let's say you just convert those leads, you, you get the revenue and you're good. You're set. But why is it important to be credible for you to be successful long term instead of periodically let's first let's define what the word credible means right okay. so because what people often think is hey if i create a facebook group and have lots of followers i'm credible because people are following me and the answer is maybe not just because of that right so the way it's defined in the dictionary is only one third accurate. It's defined the way the book publishers, it's defined the way the broadcast media, you know, they they would tell you, here are the actors. Um, this is who you're going to see on the big screen and small screen. And you need to trust us or trust them because they're mm -hmm. credible. Or here are the bands you need to listen to. So the recording studios, here are the bands you need to listen to. And this is the music we want you to listen to. So trust us. This is the music, right? So, so we were given the definition of credibility to be the quality in which you can trust somebody. Well, let's talk about what it really is. It's not just who you could trust, but it's also you have to understand you need to know who they are and know where, the, where they're coming from. It's the quality in which you know them, the quality in which you like them, and the quality in which you trust them. And so longer term, let's say, let's not talk politics, but we'll just say if you're red or blue, and, you, and that's part of your business, you're going to offend the other side, right? And, and that will inherently allow you not to be trusted by the people on the other, on side. The other side. So should you do that? No, probably not. Here's a great classic example. I signed the board of a public firm. You know, one of the things we often do is at some point in time, we want to bring the person and their spouse to a dinner or okay. to a cocktail party and see how they treat their spouse and how they treat the wait staff. Oh, the wait staff, that's a big one. Right. So let me tell you what that's doing. It's how do I know you? Right. Mm -hmm. If if you're going to treat somebody who is now I'm, my fingers are in here, technically lower than you yeah. in a yeah. poor way. Well, that you're going to treat everyone that way. One of the things that happened during the interviews is one of the guys I was talking to was absolutely not coachable at all. Because when he started, what I do with the interviews is I want people to answer five questions in five minutes. And, yeah. and that first question needs to be answered in one to two seconds. And so when I said, what is your customer point of pain? What is, what is your CPOP? In essence, that should be 10 words or less. And many people do it in five. And he was giving me something that was 30 seconds long. And I said, well, you know, many other people do the following. And then he, he did it again. He got it down to like 20 seconds. I said, hey, can I do a little bit of coaching? He said, no, I have my way of doing things and you have yours and I don't want to learn yours. So now think about this. You're hiring somebody to work with you in your firm and they're going to be dealing with your clients and your clients say, hey, I'd like you to do this. And, and the person says, nope, I know what to do and I know how to work it. You're going to listen to me. That's not credible. Yeah. So to, now to directly answer your question, credibility is more than just a one-time act. Credibility is more than just getting a client because people think you could do the job. Credibility is who you are. It's how you show up. It's the same person who shows up when you're servicing your clients as what shows up when you're 
when you're home with family, when you're out with your friends. We've reached this part of the world that if you politically or philosophically, like if you're a fan of slavery, there's a whole group of people who will like you. And there's a bigger group of people who won't like you and can't separate the two in the world that we're moving into. And so credibility is is your character. And it's the perception that other people have in your character. And the furrows you get and people wanting to do business with you will happen the more credible you are, the better chance that people who are working with you and enjoy working with you will recommend you to others. Now, let me ask you this. If you have a brand new leader or a brand new person that you're working with, right? And they at first they come out credible, but then they come out manipulative. So they're credible, but they're just a manipulative system that they're using or a tactic to show that they're coming credible. How can you spot those kind of individuals? Are there red flags that you can look out for to definitely spot them? Or what's a good approach to go about it? Let me clarify the question. Yeah. So is it you want to potentially see that the person is that way before you hire them? Or do you want to help them be better? Because those are two different questions. So you hire me. Let's say you hire me yeah. as your new partner in your firm. And I come out very credible at first. My resume checks out. My references check out. Everything great. And I'm talking big picture, big picture, big picture all the time, right? And you're like, where in the world have you been? You were amazing at what you do. But I'm coming out as credible. But really, I'm manipulating the people around me to believe that I'm the credible person out there. So Mm. if you're running in this kind of scenarios, what are some red flags you can look out for? Because I feel like, like contractor client and a lot of people working as entrepreneurs or small business owners, the client sometimes gets hurt because of this going on. Mm, Got it. I see. I see it. So let me answer the question first, because you still you still have the two questions there. So I'm going to have answer a lot of question. questions. Yes, I know. I love that. I'm going to answer the question first is what do you do in that scenario? Okay. And then I'll come back to red flags. So what do you do in that scenario? I would say, and, and this is one of those things in the TED Talk I did. One of the things that I mentioned is that many people are acting, let's say, manipulative or acting without the right intent and commitment. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is that they do, which which sort of clump, I clumped in this word dubious, they're acting that way because that's what they were taught. So if you give people the benefit of the doubt and say they really are innocent, they're doing what they were taught to do. And because they were taught that way, that is how they know to move forward. That is how they know to be successful. So let's assume we giving people the benefit of the doubt. What needs to happen at that stage, you need to educate. Right. And so there are many different ways to go about educating. Sometimes you just send people a book. If it's a partner, I'd sit down and I'd say, Hey, listen, this is what I'm seeing. This is what happened. It feels like you're manipulating this situation. Could we talk about different ways that you could accomplish the same goal? Right. I and love so, that because you're giving yeah. everything uh, the chance to explain because it's hard to like stamp it on your mind, but everybody makes the best decision they can with the resources that they have. So you are you are partnering up with them and trying to level with them instead of necessarily putting the judgment head on right away. So that's, by the way, exact judgment's not necessarily a good thing, right? So, but that's exactly the right statement is if you've decided to bring somebody on board and partner with them. Mm-hmm. and you start seeing things you don't like, the question is, is it fixable, Yeah. right? Yeah. Is it, and, and is it fixable not in a, once again, let's say you put on your manipulative hat and said, listen, you got to fix this or, or, or you can't work together. You're doing the same thing that person's doing. 
right? And so you need to have open, honest conversations. You need to be able to help each other grow. There may be Mm -hmm. things that you're doing as well that needs to be addressed. And so there are actually 10 components of credibility. So we will have fairly shortly an assessment. So you could take the assessment and see where there's work that needs to happen. And when I look across the world, it is mostly because we've been educated dubiously. We've been educated to do things that work and because they work, they propagate. So the second question, which is, well, how do you spot that ahead of time? There's a number of different ways to do that. You want to have people have video testimonials. Now, obviously, they're only putting up the stuff that's good. So you may want to randomly call somebody who did a video testimonial and say, hey, what do you think? What happened? Right? Just, hey, behind a closed door, what do you, what do you think of this person? Or, or how was the situation? Or how did it work? You want to read two things. Go to their LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. And you want to see both the recommendations they received and the recommendations they gave. Now, let's say somebody does have credibility and they do walk on water and they've got 20,000 plus followers on, on LinkedIn. And then you go to their recommendations and they've not given any recommendations or they have 100 recommendations and they all say similar stuff, right? That Those are red flags, right? It's like a copy paste type of thing. Yeah. And so if you're finding somebody who you really think is very cool it's better to have those conversations up front beforehand, right? And I think probably I'd even do a a slightly different thing, Romina. Let's say you and I decided we want to do something together. Okay. Before we even have the contract, we we look at each other, say, we're going to do this. We're going to split profit 50-50. We get our first client because sometime during that engagement, shit's going to hit the fan. And what you care about is how I deal with that client when, when you're not in the room and vice versa. And so after that crazy thing happens and we get to the end, we look at each other and say, hey, do we like it? And if the answer is yes, we're like, do you want to do it again? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's get a contract. Right. And so this way, what happens is, and this is how I've done all my businesses. What happens is it's under in adversity. You want to see how the true character of how people show up. And and that's going to help you decide, you know, hey, is this somebody who I really want to engage with and do a partnership with? Now, let me ask you this, though. Everybody has a bad day. And sometimes, unfortunately, we make not good decisions because the resources or the emotions are, you know, are very mixed up at the moment. So let's say you shattered your credibility. You shattered your reputation that you worked really hard for. What can you do to regain their respect and to regain the previous status if if you can even do that? It's a very open-ended question. We'd have to put parameters around it. There are some things you can't come back from, mm-hmm. right? You're doing things against the law. You're doing things where you get arrested. There are some things that you just can't come back from. So let's assume we're not talking about any of that. Okay. Let's assume that that for whatever reason, uh, somebody brought their personal life into the relationship with the company and the, the client that they were working with said, you know, I just, I don't like what's going on. I'm, I'm going to go elsewhere. That would be a good shattering. That's a fair assessment. First thing that happens, you still want to try to maintain the relationship. The partner goes into that person, say, hey, listen, person's having a bad day. He apologizes profusely. I'm happy to have him apologize if you want. We'd still love to have your business, right? You still try to win. Mm-hmm. If you lose, you lose, right? So The person who has, in the eyes of their partner, lost faith because for whatever reason, they really just did have a bad day. It wasn't, they didn't do anything bad. They just 
had a bad day. And I have two thoughts, by the way. Okay. One is if client is going to leave because somebody had a bad day and it was just one bad day and they didn't do anything really bad. Yeah. It just was, it An off probably moment. isn't, it probably isn't a client you wanted to keep anyhow. I just thought I'd, I'd sort of change the game a little bit, right? It's probably a really big saving for mm-hmm. you long-term that you don't have to deal with somebody who leaves because of that. That said, two things, the person who, if, if they made a mistake, A, first, you have to be vulnerable and say, listen, things happen. I'm really sorry. Can't promise that I'll never do that again because, you know, this is part of my life. Yeah. However, I will do my best. And maybe what happens is if I get triggered in a particular way, what is a good way that you would help me? Or what is a good way we could say like that, that open-ended conversation that you have with a partner is what's going to help salvage that relationship from a credibility perspective. Well, I feel like also it's very important to talk your negotiables and non-negotiables whenever you have such a sit-down conversation, because this way you can always hold each other accountable. If both of your emotions were settled down, you know, you guys have a very open agreement, you can also call each other out and be accountable towards one another. If those, you know, risky moments of credibility of risky moments or high emotions are controlling you at a certain time. You said that extremely well. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want to ask you this. What would you say is the difference between being diplomatic and being credible? Diplomatic is saying the right things when you don't mean it. And being credible is saying the right things because it's the right thing to say. So you believe in this world, we need more credible people, not diplomatic people. You know, yes. The example that popped in my mind is when the emperor came out and had no clothes and nobody said anything. Right. Or, you know, imagine the boss coming out and they're wearing a tie and it's tied so bad it looks funny. Their hair combed. It just looks bad. And nobody says anything because it's the boss. Yeah. That's diplomatic. It's not saying anything and letting it go. Whereas the person who says privately, you know, hey, can I retie the tie for you? Or, or hey, you, you spilt stuff on your tie. Take mine. Yeah. That's credible. Another question that I had, whenever we look at, because I feel like social media is such a condensed world. Everybody's a guru on something nowadays. Everybody's an expert on something. I don't know where they got the certifications from sometimes. Like, <laughs> but sometimes you know, they make it up, right? <laughs> it's okay. Everybody is a, an award-winning leader or something like that at one point or another nowadays. But let me ask you this. From the consumer's perspective, whenever we want to check out X, Y, or Z company that we want to work with or X, Y, or Z person to want to work with, is there maybe a checklist of things that we need to go through to make sure that the person is credible enough for us to work with them? Or is that certain things that we should definitely look out for? The way I look at the world is I start with what is their what is their CPOP? What is their customer point of pain? Is that in alignment with mine? When I look at how they show up both synchronously and asynchronously, I want consistency. So what I mean by that is when I'm talking, like when you're talking to somebody and, and they're so compelling, you're like, I got to buy, 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 great. Before you buy, just Google their name. Before see you what buy. Pop, see what 
pops up, right? See how they show up asynchronously. You know, for sometimes when things are absolutely too good to be true, I put the word fraud or scam before the person's name and I Google that because I just want to see what pops up and what theories are out there. Sometimes it's pretty interesting what'll pop up when you when you do those sort of things. So what I would say, if it's too good to be true, just so you know, it's probably not true. I mean, just to be clear, there is yeah. no silver bullet, easy to understand, easy button. Everything you want will take time, effort to actually deploy. That said, there are people who come across and really are credible and are doing the right things. And so what happens is take a look at how they show up and how they show up on social media. So how they show up asynchronously. How do people respond? How have people talked about them? If they're engaging in particular online groups, how do they show up when they're with their peers, right? And what happens is you have somebody who pretends to be a know-it-all and doesn't take advice from others, that's a sign. If you have somebody who they, during the pandemic, if you see them on Facebook running around with groups of people without a mask on, that's a sign, right? There are things that you can see in today's world that will allow you to determine, is this person the person I'm seeing? Is this person, I'm going to use the word credible, but better way to say it, do they have the right intent and commitment to do the right thing? Are they servant leaders? Are they coachable? Are they vulnerable? Are they mm. the types of people that you'd want to bring home and introduce to your family? The answer is no, these guys do a great result, but I don't want to introduce them to my family. That's a question, right? It Getting great results, you now have to question how are they getting the great results if you don't feel comfortable sharing them, you know, or, or do you want your kids to grow up to be like this person? You have to ask yourself these questions. Is this the human that I want to have in my life? It's kind of interesting that you say that because whenever I'm out by myself or, you know, I do anything, I have this weird thing to show what I'm doing is right or to make myself feel better is I think if my mom is watching, like, you know, above my shoulder, would she be proud of what I'm doing? And if mom would not be proud or I would get a yelling from mom because, you know, I fully respect her. That's when I know I'm not on the right path. So I feel like also that's another way to kind of keep yourself in check, too. Ramina, I've got it. Actually, I'm going to thank you for this, for me, this aha moment. I'm going to use something. So yeah, probably a better way to answer your question. It's just that. Let's say there was a mom or there's a reporter and whatever you just did will be written about and splashed all, all over the headlines. Are you proud of that? Or for me, when I sat on the board of a public company, every time I had a, that final decision, Here's what I would imagine. I'm in a courtroom on a wooden bench being grilled by some high-end lawyer. And they said, did you have all the information you need to make the right decision? And I would always say, yes. Right. And so before I would make a decision, I wanted to make sure I looked at all the sides. And so I put myself in a scenario that I extracted from day to day just so I can do, do what you, same thing, do what you did with your mom. Would mom be proud of me? And that to me, you know, when you're looking at somebody else, would, would somebody's mom be proud of them? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, however or, you or whoever is the closest person to you that you definitely respect. Like that's, just, I remember my grandma actually told me that a while back. She said, everything that you do, cause you know, your mom is very strict. You, you, would your mom be proud of it if you did it? And I feel like there's always this like 
a second person checking me out on everything that I do, even though they're not like she's not there all the time. But I think that's absolutely very important because it will keep you accountable a lot of times too. And something that I kind of want to go back to, yes, it's true, you guys. Mitchell does check LinkedIn pages. (laughs) 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 First time that we met, he already had checked out all my LinkedIn and everything. And I did the research on my own, on my end. And that's something absolutely very important, at least on my podcast, because I bring multiple guests a lot of times. And sometimes we have people say like, oh, I'm really great at X, Y, or Z. And then once you have those, you know, prior conversations like we had together, they cannot even hold a full-on conversation. Unfortunately, it does happen or they can put a really great facade on the pre-intro and then the interview comes around and it's like, I cannot even launch this interview because this is just... I feel like, you know, my body's itching. This is horrible uh, because you're putting yourself as credible out there and you're not showing. But my question to you, Mitchell, is if you are faking it, you know, fake it till you make it. If you are faking it and you are in a situation that you're like, oh, snap, I'm about to lose everything right now because I've been faking it and I've been convincing my brain that I'm this amazing person that I'm really not. How do you backtrack from it so you don't ruin what you've built? And how do you backtrack from it so you can still come even partially credible, not fully credible. So first, I thought you were going to get there. I'm so glad that as I'm hearing you meander in your conversation, you got to the same place because I want to make a statement. Faking it till you make it is bullshit. It is bad advice and do not follow it, period. So what I would do instead (laughs) is, let's say you're good at what you do and you love what you do but you just don't have enough customers or enough testimonials or people haven't seen you. Yeah. What you do is you go to somebody who knows, likes, and trusts you or knows, loves, and trusts you and say, listen, I want to do this thing. I want to do it. It's new. I don't want to charge you for it. There's one cost. If you like it, and whether it's a week or a day or two weeks, if you like it, I want a video testimonial. You then go to that second person and you say, listen, here's a video testimonial of what I've done. I don't actually know what to charge. So pay me whatever you want, even if it's just a dollar. And the the real cost is give me a video testimonial. So now Mm -hmm. you have two video testimonials. Guess what? You're no longer faking it because you've done it twice and have two video testimonials. You then go to the third person and say, you know, this person paid me this. I think this is what it's worth. I'm not sure. Pay me at least this or more if you want. Now you've done it three times and now you no longer so... If I'm going to summarize what came out of 592 interviews, if you need the PhD from an academic institution from credentials or the PhD in the School of Hard Knocks, the School of Hard Knocks wins every time over. What you want to do is don't fake it till you make it. So it's faking it till you make it. If you charge somebody $5,000, you've never done it before and you pretend you did it, that's faking it. If you charge somebody zero and say, by the way, if you love what you're doing, you could pay me 5,000, but I'm going to be happy with zero. Give me a video testimonial. Yeah. That's not faking it. So we're going to call that the KTL. No, trust like. (laughs) Yeah. As a matter of fact, I. Because I use that in sales. You know, people will buy from people they like, they trust, and they know. Actually, can I give you you an update to that? Instead of no, like trust, KLT. Uh Um, and I know that's the way we Sounds say like it. a BLT. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, I'm hungry too. Um, so yeah, KLT sounds really good. And you could still use those words. But in reality, what really happens first is you have to trust somebody before they want to get to know you. Okay. And they have to get to know you before they like you. 
right? The most important thing you could do is allow people to see you before they see you. But how do you build so they trust, trust you. though? Consistency of messaging across both synchronous and asynchronous platforms is probably the most relevant thing you could do. To me, it comes down to clarity. If you know who you are and who you serve, and that is consistently presented in both how you speak and also how you show up when you're not in the room, you're like, oh, this person comes across like they say they come across. Maybe I should have a conversation. When you then get into a synchronous conversation with them, and then you follow through and you still reinforce all those things. I like this person. I like the intent and commitment of what they do. I I know that this is really who they are, right? You and I have had green room conversations outside of the camera and we like each other. And what happens is at some point in time, we're going to figure out how to play together on some project, right? And it's because we spent a little bit more time. Yes, I did the research ahead of time. Otherwise, how can that first engagement work if I don't know who I'm walking yeah. in the room with? You know, and then we've spent time off hours understanding each other. And we're going to stumble upon that fun project we'll work on sometime in our lives. And if it's really cool, we'll create a company. Absolutely. Right? And, and that's kind of fun, right? And And how cool would it be if every engagement if you're watching or listening, every engagement you have is an opportunity to both have fun, make money, and potentially do something more. Well, also something that I kind of want to go back to, because you did mention, it's very important how you show up in the room when you're not present. So one thing that I say often is you have to think of yourself as a Fortune 1 company with your own mission, vision, and core values. Because if you very well transmit those mission, vision, and core values in every interaction that you have, like Mitchell said, even when you're not present, you are well represented in the room. So that's absolutely something very important because sometimes I unfortunately like people think that they have to have this big portfolio, big agenda to come across how they actually are when no, if you stay true to yourself, you base your mission, vision and core values within yourself because you are the CEO of your life. I feel like that's also going to help you build the credibility long term and everything. It's a, it's a waterfall effect as well later on too, whenever so, you have connections, bigger portfolio or anything like that. By the way, I am very much with you. With a teeny caveat, the okay. only caveat is I don't use the one can interpret what you said, mission, vision, values in so many different ways, because many people have used those words and then done dubious things with them as well. The way you mean it, yes, I'm in agreement. Yeah. And for me, I have a different approach. I call it a CPOP, that customer point of pain. And then you follow on from there. And what's cool for those people who actually join Credibility Nation, we, we charge 10 bucks a month. There's a opportunity where they get to take a half hour course of things I've learned from the 592 interviews of how somebody can articulate. Romina, it's still surprising to me. 98% of people, I'm interviewing only smart people, 98% needed clarity on their CPOP, on who they served and the pain point they addressed. And so you have to say, why is that? And I think the answer is we've just been taught not to clearly articulate who we serve and their pain point, which by the way, if I'm going to take it to another level is your purpose in life, right? If you could articulate your purpose and wear it on your sleeve and people get to see you, some people say, well, that makes me vulnerable. I don't want people to see me and decide they don't like my purpose. And the answer is, well, people can't see you. Why would they want? See, that's to where I would disagree. Cause I think vulnerability and emotional nakedness 
it empowers you to a whole nother level that you just own up to everything. Oh, like so if you, way, I if didn't you're say very you vulnerable. Should, yeah, I didn't say you should do that. I said. No, I, I was adding when people are not vulnerable. When you become vulnerable, yes. you say your insecurities. Nobody can use them against you. Nobody can knock you down. That's how I look at it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, you and I do agree uh, on these sort of things. And the thing is, if I'm pretty clear of mm-hmm. who I am and what I'm going to do, you could decide you don't like it. I'm not taking it personally. It's not mm-hmm. personal. Like you're not the right prospect for me today. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing that we've been taught. Oh, let's cast a wide net. Let's have people come in. Let's do as broad as I can. And the, the answer is no, let's, let's be as clear cut and have as much clarity of who we serve today so that when people come in, they know whether or not they go away or continue. Yeah. Then when people come in, they know who to recommend. Yep. And then at some point in time, you people grow and learn. And if they like what they do, they're going to recommend you more. And the, the more focus you can get, the busier you're going to get. Being very purposeful clear, purposeful, and having that clarity. That's very important. Oh my goodness. I feel like we can continue all day with this conversation and get more dive into it, but we are getting to the end of the episode. Now, I do want to ask you what's in your exciting project that you're working on because I know you just launched the Credibility Nation and what's going on. Tell us a little bit more about it. It is the place that you can go to to surround yourself with the right type of people. I've had somebody who's an expert in pricing tell me what we should charge. His mm-hmm. recommendation was $97 a month. Uh, we charge 10 bucks a month. I want this to be widely used and understand it. How about we say it's social media without the social media, right? So A, nobody's going to be diving into your project. So you, you don't have to worry about the privacy from that perspective. Because if people act dubious and do those things, we'll kick them out. Yeah. Right. If you're acting dubious, you you can't hang out. You're not going to have advertising. The biggest thing is you're not going to spend a lot of money building your platform and then being charged to actually reach the people that's already part of your platform. So the coolest thing I'm doing, Romina, is I'm working with and building. I've got 23 village leaders at the moment, and I'm going to keep moving till I get to about 40 or 50. And I'm working with village leaders to build villages inside of Credibility Nation. For those that come to Credibility Nation, we do a monthly spotlight where we bring in an expert to talk. There's a weekly email with a two to three minute video just reminding you there are courses like, what's funny, there's a course on how to be likable. I know that sounds silly, but it's a really simple course on basic things you could do in the business world to be likable, how to pull your CPOP together. And then the villages, people have different points of view, different perspectives. So I want the village leaders to attract. There's there's somebody who's working on win-win-win scenarios. There's a woman, she's in her 40s. She had a car accident and she had sight till she was six. She's now blind. And she's the most chipper, upbeat, positive person. So she's running a community on getting those chips off your shoulder, right? Because I can't imagine anyone better than Rachel McGarriel doing that. We've got somebody for scaling your small business. And so what happens is, if this is of interest to you, I'd love to see you at Credibility Nation. It's just CredibilityNation.com. And if this is fascinating enough, get on my calendar and we'll talk about whether or not it makes sense for village leadership. I will be charging in 2022 to be a village leader. This year, I'm not charging. You have to be a member of Credibility Nation. Come and play. Learn what credibility is. Learn how we build your villages. You're going to get a whole lot of consulting services from me 
So it's a fun game. And if you're listening or watching, come and join Credibility Nation and we'll give some coupon code or way to join where you can get it at a discounted rate, but it's 10 bucks a month. If you want credibility in your life, come and join us at credibilitynation.com. For my lazy listeners, the links are going to be on the show notes, you guys, so you don't have to type it away. Everything will be in there. I will go ahead and attach the website as well as I'll go ahead and attach the LinkedIn page because Mitchell is very active on, on LinkedIn as well. So we're going to go ahead and do that for you guys so you can definitely connect with him there. Now, my final question, which I know I'm biased every time, but it's my favorite question. What is your personal definition of success? Hmm. You know, based on this conversation, what I'm going to say is imagine you're sitting on your deathbed. You're 100 plus years old and you look back and you have no regrets that you've lived the life you've wanted to, and you know your legacy will be carried forward by those people who are surrounded you in your life, you feel fulfilled. To me, that's success. I mean, for me, every day, by the way, when I change the trajectory of somebody's life, because I just help them focus on their purpose, and they throw away all the BS that they learned from all the dubious stuff. I mean, I love that every day. For me to have millions or billions of people live that way, that would be me sitting back on my deathbed. That made me think of, you also have to learn how to minimize regrets slowly. Learn how to, because it would be great and phenomenal to live with no regrets, but I feel like we as humans tend to be hard on ourselves sometimes. So I feel like also learning how to minimize regrets is also a great thing to learn to get to that. You have to learn how to do that instead of just you know, feeling guilty of things that you've done now. Because again, like we said earlier, you make the best decision with the resources you have. So I think, I think if you make the best decisions with the resources you have at the time yeah, and you really didn't have the ability to make any other decisions, it's hard to have regret. I mean, life, whether you call it serendipity or God or whatever yeah. hand is touching you in different ways. What's going to happen is going to happen. And the best thing you could do is to make sure that, that you've given it the best of who you are. And so that, to me, that's the no regret. No regret or, or my definition of success, I should probably just hold this up, that I'm sitting on my deathbed and I've tipped the scale. And more <laughs> people are credible than dubious. That is my definition of success. But I was just giving it one that was more generic for everybody else. Thank you so, so much for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. Any last message that you'd like to leave the audience with? Maybe something I didn't ask you, but you definitely would like to share with us. I know we hit slightly over the 30-minute mark. What I'm going to say is who you are, Romina, and how you show up is absolutely amazing. What I'd like you to think about if you're hearing this or if you watch this is how cool would it be that every interaction you have, you've created an aha moment in somebody else, or even if you just acted and you were listening, somebody needed a shoulder to talk to and you just listened. But how cool if every impact you have, every time you touch somebody, you have an impact in their lives and you could see it and you could feel it. And it doesn't mean you're sitting there waiting for the right next thing to say. That's what we do. We spend so much time trying to say how cool we are. Absolutely irrelevant. What's relevant is, is how have you affected those that come into your orbit? 
And that's what I'd say to you is every time I talk to Romina, I'm like, man, I want more. Don't you want that for you? Like, don't you want that? If not, maybe there's a different purpose that you have. So find your purpose and live your purpose. Find your CPOP and live that, whatever that is for you. And, and it's all over the map of what people have done. And I think you will reach success by just living your purpose. Love it. Thank you so, so much for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Nice to spend time with you. You guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed the conversation with Mitchell. Mitchell, thank you so, so much again for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. And don't forget, my dear listeners, all the links to connect with him are on the show notes. So go ahead and click there. As well as I want to quickly remind you guys to hit that subscribe button. So this way you do not miss our next week's episode. We are going to talk about strategies you can use as a consultant into diversifying your investment portfolio. Until next week, I hope you guys have a fabulous day. This podcast is a 6-7 Radius production. To learn more about 6-7 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithromina.com.